So Caesar and I have been hanging out like all week. Every day we hang out. Sometimes like when, sometimes he'll bring his little brother with, his little brother Oscar. Oscar's the one who they were like, are you his legal guardian? And I can understand them saying that too, because Oscar's like 16. Caesar's like my age. So it's like, when did you have this kid when you were eight years old? Well, I don't know. Don't trust my math. But anyway, it, he seems like he's too young to have a kid that old, essentially. Um, and of course, it's not his kid. It's his little brother. Um, but he actually is his little brother's legal guardian. We've been hanging out all week, um, having a great time. Nothing sexual, just talking. And like, gosh, we talk for, we talk about anything. We talk about everything. And Caesar, I remember when we first started hanging out, you know, he was kind of not slow to open up, but I just didn't realize how much depth there was to him. And like, he opens up to me and... It's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, it's a lot. And I start to like feel like I know like the whole dick won't fix it thing. And also too, on top of that, it's like, do I really want, do I really want to be hooking up with guys over our pain? Like that doesn't seem healthy, but either way. Either way, it's cool because um, Caesar actually told me <laughs> that he has a girlfriend and he actually kind of let it slip just in conversation. He was like, my girl such as, and then he stopped and I said, you're what? And he said, uh, my girl, and he just looked at me and I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. And it was cool too, because like we weren't, how do I explain this? We weren't. We weren't doing all of that. I mean, we did, but now we're not. And we decided we'd be better off as friends anyway. So it's not a big deal. We were just chilling in the car one day, which is like the place where we do the, ma the majority of our talking. I was at the majost. The, the majority of our talking. And I mean, we'll go, we'll go out. Like I get off work at like, sometimes I get off work as early as like five and I'll go pick them up. And we'll go and we'll eat. And sometimes we just sit in the car, a lot of times out in front of his house. And like, we'll recline our seats back and just, I have a sunroof, excuse me, I have a sunroof. And um, we'll just look up at the stars and we'll just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And it's weird because like, that was me and Tommy's thing. And Caesar is so not him. So much to the point, so much to the point where I don't even think about it. So anyway, long story short, me and Caesar have decided that we are friends and nothing more. But sometimes in the random quiet moments of conversation, He'll grab for my hand and interlace our fingers together. And we, when we say goodbye, he will sometimes lean over and kiss me on the cheek. The rest of the week goes by and I get a call. One morning, I'm getting up for work. Um, actually, I'm just getting up. It's not time to go to work yet, but I'm getting up and I get a call on my phone. It's kind of early for, a, for like a business call. And... 
it's this guy. He's like, hey, my name is Salman. Um, I'm a lawyer. He tells me where he works. And he says, I heard about your situation with your employer. And I'm like, heard about it? How? And he's kind of hedging around the details. He says, you know, one of my clients um, is familiar with their situation and recommended that I give you a call. He thinks you might need representation um, and whatever's going on. Do you have time to come by and stop by and talk about it? And I arrange a time to go by. I meet him right around my lunchtime, noon, downtown. I take an extra long lunch and I go to meet him. I tell him I don't have much time. And I go, go to his office. Great look over the city. He seems really, seems like a nice guy. Very intense. He's like these really dark eyes and like, I don't know, he's very assertive and forward and kind of intimidating. Um, honestly, he's kind of cute too. But I look at his office and I can tell that he's married because I can see pictures of his family. So, so I'm like, we're not going there. We're not going there. Stop. Um, but anyway, that's not important. Meet him in his office. We go to the conference room. And he's telling me um, about, you know, the type of work that he does. And that he represents, um, sometimes he represents clients who, um, against major corporations. My, our, 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 our company is not that major. And I'm like, dude, how do you know who I am? How do you know about me? I don't have money to pay you. And he said, it's, it's a favor for a friend. And I said, ah. It's got to be a mirror. And I say, is it a mirror? And his eyes just kind of dart left and right. He's like, I'm not, I can't discuss, you know, who referred you to me. But what I can say is that you might have a case and I wouldn't recommend you dealing with your employer any further without me being present for for those conversations. And I say, you know what? Works for me. I'm totally cool with that. I could use a little backup sometimes. So I'm condensing the story a little bit, but I want to keep it to the important stuff. I get a call from James later on in the week. It's about a Friday. The rest of the week goes by pretty uneventfully. Friday rolls around and I get a call early in the morning from James. And he's like, hey, can you come in at noon downtown for, um, and downtown is where our corporate office is, for a meeting with HR. And, you know, I'm a little nervous. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But he sounds excited and he sounds like he wants to say more, but he's like, I'll see you there. Don't worry. Everything's okay. I'm like, okay. I get off the phone with him and I call someone because he said, hey, any meetings going forward, make sure I'm a part of it. And also too, I copy him on any communications and he, I call him and he, um, meets me downtown. We meet outside of my work building and we walk in together. We sit down in the conference room at our corporate office and I introduce him. I say, this is my, um, my counsel, Salman. And he introduces himself. He says what law firm he works for. And I see our um, people officer almost go pale. Everybody in the room kind of sits up straight. I'm like, uh-oh. And James starts. He says, well, we just want to let you know. One of your employees, and he looks down at the paper and he says, (laughs) he looks down at the paper. He says, 
Marcella Rodriguez Gracias paid a visit to our office, a very enlightening visit to our office yesterday. And I can feel already, I can feel like there's no window in the room, but I can just feel the sun shining. And a smile grows inside of me. And he says, Marcella is the aunt of Sergio Rodriguez, one of your housekeepers. And I say, yes. And he pulls out some papers. And he says, she turned in these text messages. And I look at this sheet of papers. And I see text messages from Sergio. And my accuser, Nate. And in these text messages, it spells out the entire plot. So let me see if I can recount this and make it make sense. Auntie Sella, who I, I know, I can, see, I can see her doing it now. I know exactly what she did. She is very, she's, she loves the production. I know she had her nails done. I know that she was looking fly and she was dressed to the nines. And I know she made a big scene of busting down the corporate office walls and turning in these papers. And her nephew, Sergio, I didn't know was, nobody knew, was on the down low. Apparently him and Nate had something going on. I'm not going to get emotional, but him and Nate had something going on. Nate bragged to Sergio about what he was doing to me and how he was going to get money because I had a rich boyfriend. And when Sergio found out, being in the closet, he told his aunt. He outed himself for me. And he turned in the text messages, which proved everything. And Auntie Sella went to work. And it's all laid out here. Everything. And I'm just staring at the papers. I'm smiling on the inside, but I'm in danger of bursting into tears at any minute. And I just kind of rifle through these text messages. I'm not reading them because I feel like in some sort of way, I'm further violating Sergio's privacy. But I stop and I fixate on this picture of this man's penis. This dick pic that Nate thought was mine this whole time. And I just stare at it. And I stare at it. And everybody's just looking at me like staring at this penis. And finally, I must seem like I'm out of my mind. I burst into laughter. And I'm just laughing, like, just looking at it. Not because, not because, like, not the penis itself. It's just, I was just, like, overwhelmed with emotion. Something was about to break out of me. So I'm glad it was laughter and not something else. Um, <laughs> and I just, as quickly as I began laughing, I stopped. 
and I look at the penis some more. I flip the paper around and I slide it in their general direction. I say, by the way, that's half my size. I look up, I look James straight in the eye and I said, tell him James. And everybody looks at James, James turns bright red. I'm not gonna let him sabotage himself. So I interject. I said, James has seen me change in the locker room a million times. Tell him. And James says, it's not him. I stand up and I walk out. So a man follows, follows me into the, um, out the hallway down into the elevator. When we're in the elevator behind the closed doors, he doesn't say anything. I know he probably thinks it's stupid that I'm not seeking to pursue legal action, but all he says is, so he's really half your size. And I just look at him. My face is unreadable, but I'm holding back a laugh. I don't say anything. And he just looks forward and he says, fucking Amir. Nate has been fired. And they're taking some sort of legal action against him. I guess they reported it to, you know, the authorities. What he did was illegal and wrong. And I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't have anything to do with it. I don't want input on whether to prosecute. I'm glad I wasn't asked. I let Salman handle any sort of input that they need from me, but I don't, something I don't care. I just don't want to be a part of it. I never wanted to be a part of it. And I feel so unbelievably light. It's like I had people watching out for me. Just like Kyle, when I first moved to the city, I haven't really talked about that much, but anyway, I had people watching out for me and I didn't even know they were watching. I had people watching out for me who stood nothing to gain, who lost for looking out for me. I'll never forget that. I don't ever want to forget that. I get all the way back across town and by the time I get down, by the time I get back to my club, James is waiting on me. Like, man, how did he beat me down here? But he's waiting on me in my office. And I come in, I sit down, and we don't speak. For a couple minutes. And then he finally says, did you have to do that? And I just looked at him and I was like, it's no damage to you, dude. But it made me feel better. And he just kind of looks down and he's like, whatever, man. And he gets up and he turns to walk out. And I'm like, so what brings you down here? And he looks at me and he says, I just want you to know I'm sorry. I'm sorry that all this happened to you. And I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that you don't think that I didn't try to fight for you in my way. But just know that I did. 
I defended you as much as possible without looking biased. I mean, I hired you. We worked together for a long time. If I did too much, it would look like I favored you. And I had to look fair. But I fought for you. I sit on his words for a minute. And I say, thank you, James. I believe you. And it wasn't fair for me to put all that on you. None of this is your fault either. For everything that you've done, the things that I don't even know that you've done, I thank you. He says, you know, not that it matters, but me and Samantha are no more. I look up at him and I say, what happened? And he says, well, you know, after she found out about us, things were never really the same. And you know, I'm happy. For once in my life, I get to figure out what it is that I want. And having gotten somebody, having a wife, and having to break that up, or trying to figure this out while being attached to somebody else would not have made this easy. So I kind of owe you one, man. I looked up at him and I smiled. I said, well, I know what you could pay me back if you want. And he just laughs and he says, let's make it happen. The next conversation I have, I'm actually not dreading isn't the right word. It's more just like, I don't feel qualified to have the discussion that I know that I have to have right now. But there's no putting it off and I don't want to just run into him and try to have it out in the middle of the hallway. So I call him up on the intercom, Sergio. And I ask him to come into my office. And when he comes in, he's got like his mop bucket. And he's just like, I know I called him in the middle of doing something, um, which isn't fun, but I apologize. And I say, hey, would you, would you have a seat? It's a little late for me to ask if he's busy. I say, would you have a seat and close the door behind you? And he does, and he sits down. And I just look at him for a moment. And I start to say, nobody's ever, but it's not true. I just, it's not that nobody's ever done that for me. That's not what I want to tell him. And when I fumble around with my words, finally, I just say, thank you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he's not saying anything. He's just kind of blank. He looked at me. He had tears running down his face. And he was just like, I didn't mean for any of this to happen, Mr. Brooks. I never wanted any of this to happen. I didn't even know that I liked guys until I met Nate. But he was just so cool and so, I don't know, seductive. I wanted to be around him. I felt like when he showed interest in me, I felt as cool as he was. My parents have no chill about this. Like none whatsoever. I mean, they haven't thrown me out the house or anything, but. It's weird. I'm staying with my auntie right now. 
I said, Auntie Marcella? And he said, yes. I said, shoot, man. That's rough. He's like, it's cool. My aunt's house is a lot nicer anyway. Like, a lot nicer. And I said, Auntie Sella? He said, yeah, she's balling. And he kind of like, like, he wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, he said, no, but like, she is. Like, she, she's a smart lady. She's got like money. And I said, oh, that's cool. He said, the only reason why she's here is because she needs, she's a very sociable person. And she always likes to be around other people. I listen as he tells me how they're not talking to him and how his mother doesn't let him babysit his nephews and nieces anymore because she doesn't want the gay to rub off. Sergio looked up at me. His eyes were bloodshot red. Tears were running down his face and he said, Mr. Brooks, I don't want to be gay. I don't want any of this. I said, Sergio, being gay is not the problem. Being a piece of shit is the problem. And you are not a piece of shit. And he just looked down and I said, you know, between you and me, <laughs> between you and me, I came from a small town. Everybody knew everybody. My best friend in high school was a star quarterback. I mean, he was famous all throughout the area because he was that guy on the field. He could do what nobody else could do. And people thought, you know, he was going pro. And we became close. We even became intimate. And somehow, some way, word got out. And instead of it being you know, were a thing. It was, I forced myself on him. A rumor got out that I forced myself on him. And nobody believed me. People harassed me all the time. I had to leave. I had to leave town. And I came here. You know, what's going on with Nate isn't the first time this has happened to me. Might not be the last. But you know what's different about this time around, I said. And he just looked at me. I said, you're the difference. Nobody's ever stood up for me the way that you did. The last conversation that I have, I go down to the basement where Auntie Sella is. Shouldn't really even call it a conversation. I go down there and she looks at me. And I just lose it. I throw my arms around her and I just sob and I say thank you so do you ever I don't know maybe this is just a me thing but do you ever like sometimes when I'm watching what I eat if I have something really good in front of me before my brain can tell myself can be logical and say don't eat it or don't eat all of it I'll eat it really really quickly almost as if my if my brain doesn't catch it in time it won't count against me Maybe that's just the me thing. So I get off work and I am feel like I'm lighter than I've ever been. I'm so happy. I'm so free. I feel vindicated in a way. 
And Caesar calls me and he's like, hey, let's hang out. I was like, cool. I go and pick him up. You know, we do our normal thing. We go, we'll eat, we talk. And as we're talking, I just, I don't know. He has like a smell, like a, gosh, he smells so good. And I looked at him. And he, in the middle of his sentence, he stops talking and he sees me look at him. Like he knows what I want. I don't know who made the first move. I just remember the feeling of his lips on mine. I remember pulling him in. I remember unbuckling his seatbelt, pulling him on top of me and grabbing on his ass and squeezing. And the validating feeling of hearing him moan louder than he could control it. I remember getting hard so fast. And I remember he was hard. And I just had him by his ass grinding against me. Our cots were in our pants just grinding up against each other. And my brain caught up. And I stopped. His must have caught up too at the same time because he stopped too. I looked at him and he looked at me and I said, just friends. And he repeated, just friends. And then he kissed me deep, hard. We just stared at each other. He was breathing deeply. I was breathing deeply. We were just on top of each other, sharing a breath. I knew this wouldn't hold long. He would have to break it. Otherwise, I was ready to go all the way. And he kissed me again. And we went right back at it. He pulled his dick out. I pulled my dick out and we just jerked each other off. Right there in the car. In my front seat. Our mouths never broke contact. 